The How Is This Movie podcast is supported by listeners just like you. Go to patreon.com slash howisthismovie. There you can pledge as little as a dollar a month and help us maintain the goal of keeping this show fully independent and free of advertising. You will also gain instant access to bonus episodes not available anywhere else. Once again, that's patreon.com slash howisthismovie. And now... For our featured presentation. Hello everyone and welcome to How Is This Movie? My name is Dana Buckler and thank you for taking just a little time out of your day to listen. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at How Is This Movie, like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash How Is This Movie. You can always email me with questions or comments at HITMPodcast at gmail.com. And finally, if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave a review on whatever platform you use to listen. Throughout the history of this show, I've told a number of stories regarding experiences that I've gone through going to the movies. Something that I used to love to do. Something that I did on average three times a week for maybe, probably, ten years in a row. But going to the movies that often leaves you subject to some very interesting situations you might find yourself in. And on this episode, I thought I would share a few more experiences that I've had going to the movies. Now I have a question. How many of you do research before you go to the movies? How many of you know what type of movie you're going to see? Are you aware of what the film's rated? I asked these questions because back in 2012, I found myself going to the movies Friday morning, opening weekend of the Seth MacFarlane directed film, Ted. Now, I don't think I've really talked about it too much on the show in previous episodes, but I'm a big fan of Family Guy and I'm a really big fan of Seth MacFarlane. I get his humor. I think the man is hilarious. So you bet your ass I'm going to break my never go to the theater on opening weekend rule to see Ted. Now, I was aware since the film was rated R that most of the good stuff wasn't going to be in the trailer. Now, here's a couple of things you need to know. I live in Ocala, Florida, which is a city of about 50,000. However, the county I live in, Marion County, has a population around 300,000 and a very large retirement community. I live only about 30 minutes from the Villages, which is the largest retirement community in Florida with more than 100,000 residents. Side note, it's a great place to watch a movie because they turn the volume way up in these theaters. But Ocala also has a large retirement community. I say this because when I arrived at the theater that Friday morning to see Ted, I was there probably 30 minutes before the movie started, I watched in amazement as the theater began to fill up with retirees, old people, couples that were in their 60s, 70s, possibly even in their 80s. In fact, I would say that I was the youngest person in the theater by, I don't know, 20 years. Now, my first initial thoughts were, wow, these old people are really hip. Maybe they're fans of Family Guy, just like me. It was truly one of those, well, I didn't see that coming kind of moments. Now, since I was at an 11 a.m. showing, the theater was probably three quarters full, but not sold out. And like I said, the majority of the patrons in the theater were elderly people. I'm working on the assumption that most of you have seen the movie Ted. And for those who haven't, I urge you to see the movie. It's really funny and really offensive. But I don't want to live in a world where nothing offends me. That would be a very boring place to live. But that's really a subject for another episode. It took all of five minutes into the movie for you to realize that this was a, well... It wasn't just an R-rated film, it was what they call a hard R-rated film. Another strange thing occurred within the first five minutes of the film. I realized that I was practically the only person laughing out loud in the theater. And then it happened. I saw a couple get up and walk out. Shortly thereafter that, another couple got up and walked out. 
It was almost becoming like a mob mentality. I watched old person after old person get up, shake their heads in disgust, and walk out of the theater. There was a couple sitting behind me. I heard the man say to his wife, You told me this was a movie about a boy and his magical teddy bear. What the hell is going on? Let's go. I'll admit that so many people walked out of the theater that it became a little distracting. And a few of them shot a glance over at me, the only guy in the theater laughing hysterically with tears rolling down my eyes. One lady said to me as she was walking out, Young man, there's nothing funny about what's going on in this movie. This is filth. To which I smiled and nodded and turned my head back towards the screen. Now, I've been to some movies where people have walked out. I saw somebody walk out of Manchester by the sea. Hell, I walked out of the Avengers. But I counted no less than 23 to 24 people that walked out of Ted. And that's unusual because Ted is a really funny movie. It's not a bad movie at all. It's fucking hilarious. But it begs the question. How much research did these people do? What did they think the R rating was for? I feel like perhaps a little more research needs to be done to fully understand how all of these old people ended up in this particular showing. And I'll do a follow-up episode on that. But that's not the only thing that I've been witness to at the movies. Case in point, 2009. For some reason, and I really have no idea why looking back, I found myself sitting in the theater getting ready to watch the remake of The Last House on the Left. Now, for those of you who aren't aware of The Last House on the Left, the original was directed by Wes Craven. It was released in 1972, and it was an incredibly controversial film, and it remains one to this day. Having already seen the original Last House on the Left, again, I stress, I really have no idea why I went to this remake. I think maybe it's because I think I might have saw an interview with Wes Craven that said that he was the executive producer, and I thought, well, if he's involved some way, maybe I'll give it a go. The 2009 remake of The Last House on the Left is a paint-by-numbers horror film that doesn't have one ounce of the grittiness of the original. Now, it's certainly not a bad movie by horror movie standards, but like most remakes, it will always be overshadowed by the original. In the theater that particular day, there were two people, myself and a lady who I would say was in her mid to late 40s. She was sitting three rows in front of me, just the two of us. Now, the film is filled with some serious hardcore scenes. However, I don't think it was anything more extreme than, say, the Saw movies that had been coming out around that time. I say all of this because when the movie was over, the lady and I left the theater roughly about the same time. As we were both walking through the theater lobby, I watched her make a beeline for the information help desk at the theater. I was just about to go through the doors to the parking lot when I heard the lady yell, not talk, yell across the counter. I want to see the manager right now. This is an emergency. Okay, you have my interest peaked. I stopped from going through the door. I kind of just hung back a little bit by one of the arcade machines. Now, I will file what happened next under one of the more stranger things I've seen at the movie theater. I watched as the manager dressed in a suit, wearing a walkie-talkie earpiece in his ear, approached the lady and said the following, Yes, ma'am, how can I help you? To which the lady replied, That was the most vile and disgusting movie I have ever seen in my life, and you all should be ashamed of yourself for showing that movie here. I want my money back, or I'm never coming back here again. The manager took a half step back, looking a little bit stunned. He said, uh, well, I'm, uh, I, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy the movie, but in, unless there was a technical problem with the movie or somebody was being disruptive in the theater, I, I can't give you your money back. And in fact, we don't give money back. We give, uh, you know, readmission passes. The lady then replied, fine, I'll take a readmission pass. To which the manager replied, I- I'm sorry, ma'am, I-, I can't do that. You haven't met the requirements. The lady then screamed at the top of her lungs. I don't know how you can show movies like this. Don't you have any decency? 
What is going on? The manager raised his hands, almost like in a calm down type of manner. And he said, okay, all right, all right, I'll I'll get you a pass. He motioned to the girl behind the help desk. She pulls out a roll of of readmission passes, tears one off, and they give it to the lady, and she just storms out the door. I'm not 100% sure what came over me at that moment, but I decided that, well, two can play at that game. I walked to the manager and said, excuse me, sir, I really didn't like that movie. I, too, am shocked that you would show a film like that in your theater. Now, off the record, it took everything I had not to burst out laughing. I'm sure the manager was on to me. Well, he was still visibly shaken up from the encounter he had with the lady. He looked at me, didn't say a word, pointed to the girl behind the counter, and said, give this guy a pass. You know, I really didn't have an end game if he was going to press me on the rules and regulations concerning a readmission pass. I probably would have just started laughing and said, I'm just kidding. But he handed me a pass, and I said, well, thank you. I walked out of the door. So, on that particular day, back in 2009, two people went to see the remake of The Last House on the Left, and both of those people left the theater with readmission passes. I guess what I'm trying to say, if there was ever a classification for a victimless crime, that had to be it, right? When it comes to where to sit in a movie theater, I have been very vocal about where I choose to sit. The twosies. Again, if you're new to the show, the twosies are the row of seats that are on either side of the main seating area of any particular auditorium. Typically, these are in rows of twos. But I've never really told the story of how I came up with the twosies. So back in 2005, I went to the theater to see Steven Spielberg's film Munich. The film had been out for a couple of weeks, and I had already seen it once. But I had really enjoyed the film, and of course, being a huge fan of Steven Spielberg, that I decided to see it again. And it was showing on a Thursday afternoon. Like I'd said, it had already been out for a couple of weeks, so I was confident that I would probably have the theater to myself. Arriving 15 minutes before the movie started, I was, in fact, the only one in the theater. So I positioned myself at what I used to think was the prime location of the auditorium. Halfway back, right in the middle. I can't be the only one that this happens to. But did you ever notice that when you go into a movie theater and you're the first one there, that a lot of times people will come and sit directly in front of you or directly behind you? Well, this happens to me all the time. When I saw Manchester by the Sea, I was the only one in the theater. Then an old couple comes in and sits right in front of me. Empty theater. They sit right in front of me. Plus, they had smuggled in their own contraband cans of Sprite and plastic bags of candy that sounded like a bean bag. When that happens, I'm just sort of stunned. It really makes no sense. But back to 2005. In the theater, going to see Munich, like I said, I arrived 15 minutes before the movie started, and I was the only one there. It stayed that way until about five minutes before the lights were to go down. An older couple walks in, scans the entire theater, and points in my general direction. Well, here we go again. What's it going to be this time? Right in front of me or right behind me? As they made their way up the stairs, I pretended to watch the screen. But I was keeping a keen eye on them through my peripheral vision. I see them getting closer and closer. They walk past the row in front of me. Okay, they're going to be sitting directly behind me. God, I hate that. That's worse. When they sit behind you, that's worse. And wait a second. They chose my row. They're walking towards me. They're getting close. Too close. Holy shit. They're sitting down right next to me. And I don't mean with a buffer seat in between. No, I mean the gentleman sat at the seat right next to me. His elbow touched my elbow. His wife sat down right next to him and they settled in for the movie with me sitting right next to them. I mean, if anybody would have walked in the theater, they would have just naturally assumed, hey, look, there's some guy watching a movie with his grandparents. I slowly turned my head to the left and made eye contact with the old man. He looked back at me and he said softly, how you doing today? The wife then looked at me and said, hi, how are you? Again, I just stared at them. After what would have had to have been 10 seconds of a stare down for me, I uttered the following words. Are we really doing this? I mean, the theater is empty. 
and I got up and I walked away. As I looked, I saw a row of two seats, and that's when it happened. That was the first time I sat in the twosies. That was 12 years ago. I've gotten to know the movie theater so well that I know the seating layout for all 16 auditoriums. So, if you ever find yourself in Ocala, Florida at the Beagle Hollywood 16 Theater, the following auditoriums have the twosies. Auditorium 2, 8, 9, and 15. Remember those numbers. These days, when I buy theater tickets, I schedule what time I'm going to see the movie based on which auditorium is showing the film. I think eventually the only way I'm going to get over the bad theater experiences is to just open my own movie theater and have 10 rows of onesies. Imagine a row of seats right up the middle and empty space on both sides. How glorious that would be. So that brings us to about two weeks ago. I once again broke my tried and true tested rule of never going to see a movie the weekend it opens. You're always asking for trouble. Why? Because even though the majority of us are going there to experience a movie, and even though the majority of us practice proper movie theater etiquette, there are still assholes that go to the movies. And what defines an asshole in the movie theater? Well, if you do any of the following, you're being an asshole when you go to the movies. Number one, talk during the movie. You're an asshole. Number two, use your cell phone during the movie. You're an asshole. Number three, text during the movie. Again, asshole. Number four, bring infant children. Now, this one comes with a few exceptions. It's okay to bring an infant child if said child does not make any noise. But the moment the child starts crying, it is your responsibility to take the child out of the theater. And number five, and this one bothers me more than any of them, bringing young children to R-rated films. I can remember seeing Halloween Resurrection back in, I don't know, 2001, 2002. I don't know. It was a terrible movie. But I remember being there, and there was a family with at least three children, none of whom could have been over the age of 10. They were sitting a few rows in front of us. The kids were crying and screaming because they were scared to death about what was happening on the screen. So if you bring a small child to an R-rated film, you're an asshole and probably a bad parent to boot. Now, to be clear... When I say bring a small child, I don't mean a teenager, 12 or 13-year-old. I'm talking about bringing a 5, 6, or 7-year-old to an R-rated film. Anyway, so back to two weeks ago. I was breaking my rule by going to see a movie opening weekend. But it wasn't just any movie. It was the new Edgar Wright film, Baby Driver. Very few directors will get me to the theater on opening weekend these days, but Edgar Wright is one of them. Christopher Nolan is another one, and that's why I bought two tickets to see Dunkirk this Sunday. And if you're wondering, hey, two tickets, wow, Dana, who's going to the movies with you? No one. I bought two tickets in a row of twosies to ensure that no one will sit next to me. So as I sit in my theater for a 3 p.m. matinee showing of Baby Driver on a Sunday, the theater quickly filled up. This was the only showing of Baby Driver, and this particular auditorium didn't have a row of twosies. So I was just left to fend for myself out in no man's land. Thankfully, no one sat elbow to elbow with me, but... There were people directly in front of me, and there was a couple sitting directly behind me. For this particular story, we're going to pay close attention to the couple that was sitting behind me. I knew that they were going to be trouble. How did I know this? Well, they were having a heated discussion. One would say an argument. This arguing took place during all of the trailers. It was really uncomfortable. You know, like if you're in a restaurant or a coffee shop and there's that couple arguing and you, you kind of want to say something, but you, you don't say anything because you don't feel like it's your place to get involved. It was one of those arguments. I was hearing the woman say to the man things like, how could you be so fucking stupid? How could you not turn the lights off? They're just kids. Things like that. Unfortunately, this theater was practically full. I could not find another seat to move to. 
I mean, surely this arguing will stop once the movie started. It has to stop, but it didn't. This was what was running through my mind. Why even go to the theater? You know, you go to the movies to enjoy yourself. Now, these two were not only arguing with each other, but they were making others around them feel extremely uncomfortable. 20 minutes into the film, I had a decision to make. I have been in this situation many times before. Too many times before. As Adam Risky from the F This Movie podcast once so aptly put it, I'm cursed when it comes to going to the theater. So here are my options. One, I could get up, leave, go talk to management. I clearly would have been able to make the case for a readmission ticket. Two, I could attempt to relocate to a different seat. But that would mean sitting right up in the front row. And you know there's a reason why the first row of seats is always empty? They're awful seats. The third option would be to just sit there and pretend like I don't hear these people bickering and arguing behind me. Or there was the fourth option. I'll call it the nuclear option. This is an option that once you execute it, it can't be undone. This, of course, is the turn around and tell them to please shut up. Well, I went to DEFCON 1. I turned around with my arm hanging over the backrest and without really making eye contact, just staring in their general direction, I said the following. Honestly, guys, can you stop talking? You're ruining the movie for everybody. Just shut up or go outside. Fuck! As my eyes began to focus in on the couple in question, I froze in my seat. You know when a wave of nervousness can sort of just zoom through your body? That was happening to me. You see, I recognized the couple I just told to shut up. They were my neighbors. They lived two doors down from me. And they recognized me. Although no one said anything after that, and I just kind of turned back around to focus on the movie... They knew who I was. Now, to be fair, they did stop talking for the rest of the movie, and Baby Driver was awesome. The moment the credits started to roll, I jumped out of my seat and briskly made my way out of the auditorium as quick as possible. I was driving back to my house, and I was talking to myself. I was saying things like, surely they're going to know that, hey, listen, they were talking, you know. That's that's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's not like I'm going to see them every day, even though I I see them every day. So, uh, you know, who's going to be the first person to say something? (laughs) What have I done? What have I done? But I've lived in the same spot for seven years, and they've lived there for about three years. We always see each other almost on a daily basis. I don't really know them, but we always give the neighborly, hi, how you doing today? The next day, when I went to check my mail, I went to the community mailbox, opened up the box, got my mail, and walked back to my townhouse. As I was walking back, those neighbors pulled into their parking spot and got out of the car and walked towards their house. There was no way around it. Our paths were about to cross. When they were within five feet of me, I spoke up and said, hi, how you doing today? The lady just shot a look at me, didn't smile, and said, Oh, hi. Did you enjoy the movie yesterday? I just mouthed, uh, yeah, it was good, thanks. She said, well, that's great, and they walked right past me. So, if there's a lesson to be learned here, I think it's know your surroundings at all times, Uh, especially if you live in a town with a population of only 50,000, because uh, there's an above-average chance that any time you go to the movies, you're probably going to know someone in the theater. My name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening. The How Is This Movie podcast is produced by Dana Buckler for Hidden Productions located in Ocala, Florida. Please follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at How Is This Movie. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash howisthismovie. Of course, you can always email the show with questions or comments at hitmpodcast at gmail.com. And finally, to become a monthly supporter of this podcast and gain instant access to bonus episodes not available anywhere else, go to patreon.com slash howisthismovie. You'll find Find all the links to our social media in this episode's show notes.